0: and load. This is Steve
1: Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. We are back after a long weekend. was not my fault. All right. Apparently our producer Aaron needed a honeymoon or something. I guess married people do such things Uh, still. Is that some last vestige of tradition so we took a couple of days off the rest of the week we are down here in Dallas I say we because it's the first time I have come down here that I am not alone Todd Erzin is here with us as well my friend good to see you how are you
0: I'm great and we got here after 10 inches of snow piece of cake whereas Aaron had the Planes, trains, and automobiles version of his honeymoon trip.
1: Right. I mean, when we took the car, I was just on with Glenn, and I mentioned this to him, uh, Glenn Beck, uh, Glenn for those of us who know him. Uh, but so when, I, when we took the car from the hotel to come over here this morning, I mean, I rolled the windows down, I, and I, I let the hair, my hair, get all messed up by the wind, which I don't like typically, but. In this case, that giant yellow thing in the sky, I ain't seen it for a month and a half, you know? Oh, I was out, on, I told you, I was out on the sidewalk,
0: like Andy Dufresne just getting released from prison yes. in Shawshank.
1: I asked you where you were, you're like, I'm in the sun. Yes. Yes. I just, and, and I just had my 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 eyes closed and the window down, and I felt like Rusty and Mask and the sun shining on my face. That's how, hopefully, um, uh, uh, it, it just, man, this is how you do winter. seeing grass. That need mode. I mean, this is, this is how you winter. Not like what is going on right now in the Midwest. Hi, by the way, to all my family and friends that are stuck back there uh, in the foot and a half of desolation we just received. Anyway, we're back to some form of regular order. Now, the next few days without Aaron, because he's gone on his honeymoon. It's going to be a little different than what you're nor, what you're accustomed to. Um, we won't have his montages or things of that nature. This is going to be more like a, a traditional radio show that just happens to be broadcast on Blaze TV. All right, um, and we, we're going to have special themes for the show each day. I'll tell you today's special theme here in a moment. First, let us know what you think about what we think. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email us. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, uh, at Steve Dace. Uh, like us on MeWe, same uh, same name. Uh, where else? Uh, YouTube.com slash Steve Dace. Rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. Gab, uh, uh, you look for Steve Dace there and follow us on Twitter, at Steve Dace Show. And the last name is D-E-A-C-E I mentioned we're going to have theme-based shows for the next few days. I'm going to let you know Friday, we're still going to do the day Group but we're going to have a theme for the day Group with kind of a, I guess it's, you know, a weekend, but a preview, an in-depth preview of the Biden presidency and our two guests for the, for the, for the day Group on Friday Glenn Beck and Stu Glenn and Stu are going to be joining us here for the Friday Roundtable that's going to be a ton of fun.
0: Absolutely.
1: Are you a little bit nervous? I mean, you've got no. You've got to raise your game a little bit. I mean, well, I, this is the best I can do. So I, I, I don't feel any nerves at all. That we're, we'll be in the presence of a radio Hall of Famer, but
0: I, I work with you every day, and you've told me Glenn is nice. So I think I'm prepared for this. Yeah,
1: yeah. That that might have been a lie, but uh, yeah. Glenn, <laughs> no, no. Glenn is Glenn is very kind and. And if you're not any good, and he's disappointed by you, he won't tell you. He'll just say something to you behind your back. So you don't have to feel bad about yourself. But
0: you've you've prepared me for that life, so I'm good.
1: Yeah, you're used to getting ripped. Yes, exactly. Yes. All right. So tomorrow we're gonna we're gonna finish up our look at my book and nefarious plot, and we're gonna go in depth on the conclusion of the book, how it applies to the the times in which we live today, and set it up for when we begin looking at the sequel book in nefarious Carol here. Uh, starting next week when Aaron returns today's theme, before we tell everybody what the topic was, when I, when I told you what the theme for today's show was going to be, what was your reaction?
0: I had a stroke and I woke up 10 (laughs) minutes later with my head bleeding on my desk. (laughs) Why do you do this to me? You know how I, I feel about
1: this. Hey. I, I thought about not telling you what today's theme was going to be until we got here, just so I could see the look on your face. Going
0: you to go down to Dallas? Sure. This is what we're going to talk about. Eh, yeah. Maybe
1: not. Yeah. But then I thought I want to give you some time to prepare. So I didn't want to just spring it on you. All right. So I'm going to tell you what the theme for today's show is here in a moment. But first, you know, one of the things that we love to do for our pets, we love to cuddle them and take them for walks. Um, You know, we we take them to the groomer. If you've got a Bichon like I do, you take them. The great news is they're hypoallergenic. So we don't have to worry about shedding or allergies or those sorts of things, right? The bad news is, though, since they don't shed, we take Cap to the groomer, man. It's like having another chick in the house. Like, he's got to go to a salon, like, every month and be, like, completely and totally groomed. That's the price to pay. But you do it for those those, uh, little things that you adore, right? Okay. One thing we got to make sure we do for our pets, though, is the right nutrition, because chances are a lot of that store bought food that your pet is consuming that they love like with a lot of our human foods these days. Uh, they have been stripped out of a lot of the vitamins, minerals, nutrients, uh, the, the live cultures of pre and probiotics because they want that food sterilized for long shelf life mass production. Same thing happens with our pet's food. Thankfully, your pet now has a supplement just like we have so many. And it's called Rough Greens. It's got all the good stuff missing from your pet's food. It'll put it right back in in a powder form that I guess tastes great. I can't say I've tried it myself. But I've, I've seen our dog, Cap, try it, and he absolutely loves it. All right, so all the antioxidants, everything your dog is looking for, for a happier, healthier life, you're going to find it in Rough Greens. Get the Jump Start bag today for just $14.95. And you can do it by going to roughgreens.com slash blaze. That's R-U-F-F. That's how it's spelled for roughgreens.com slash blaze. All right. The topic that we are going to be discussing today... And I want to state, in my defense, and back me up on this, not even privately, or even privately, how many conversations about the topic we're about to announce have we actually had here in the last couple of weeks?
0: Oh, how many? Of yeah, it's been no, few and far between. Right. No.
1: Yeah. Now, four years ago, or actually eight years ago, we were talking about this like the, the day after. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Okay. So I have shown an amazing amount of restraint. Um, and I'm really not that interested in the topic. This isn't a great sell job for the audience, is it? I'm, I'm counting on the fact that we've been gone for a couple of days, so you're just jonesing for any Steve Day show you can get at this point. All right? I'm not exactly selling it. But but here's the thing. It's also a topic, though, that is being discussed and being framed in other places. And since we live in the place that will begin the framing process, I I think we should lay down a few markers. And then we don't we're not going to like get into this all of the time. We probably won't even address this again for like months except maybe in passing or casually if something comes up. Like it won't be like a featured theme on the show here this year if that's what you're concerned about. But I I want us to lay some set some markers and lay them down now so that a bunch of people don't come in posers um, and, you know, jump, get the jump on us and help generate an environment that isn't friendly to what we believe. Is that fair?
0: No, it's more than fair. The operative word, phrase there is we live in the place. Right, you, right. I mean, it, you have no idea on any given day when you're going to be getting a call or an email right. from this wide swath of people we'll be talking about here.
1: Correct. So today, our special show theme. Is we're going to do an obnoxiously, and I mean it's obnoxiously early preview of the 2024 GOP presidential field and primary, right? Now, before we get into that, and we're going to do it buy-seller hold style. I've given Todd a list of 11 candidates, and if that sounds like a lot, it's 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 le- it's more than 50 percent fewer than we had run last time. I think the official number at some point reached 22 or 23 uh, in 2016. But um, it's a list of 11 people I'm confident want to run and or will eventually run, right? Either because I've talked to them or talked to people who have talked to them, okay, that I'm confident that they're going to be at least kicking the tires and contemplating showing up in our home state, the first in the nation caucus state of Iowa. We're going to look at those 11 candidates, we're going to do so in alphabetical order so that there I'm not tipping my hand on anything whatsoever i know there's this notion out there that because we're friends and i worked for him before i'm you know all ted cruz has to do is show up you know me you know me better than that that's that's not that's just not how i roll the process will be starting all over for me and I'll explain why that is, why I do it that way here in, in just a moment. Because I think we have to look at the big picture environment that these candidates are going to be competing in before we even start getting into names, okay? When we get to the names, we're going to do a buy, seller hold style. You're going to give me a buy, seller hold proposition on all 11 of these candidates when we discuss them a little bit later on in the show. But for me, I always start the process over, again, you know, I mean, uh, in 2016, a, a lot of people thought I was already earmarked for Mike Huckabee because of what happened in, in 2008. I started the process all over again. I supported somebody totally different. And that could be what happens here. I'm even, I'm, I'm even in, in fact, let me start my big picture conversation with this. It's not an announcement. It's a contemplation. I'm contemplating not getting directly involved in this Iowa caucus cycle. From an organizational standpoint, from an endorsement standpoint, and and going all in to help a, a singular candidate win. I'm contemplating not doing that. I, it, it's not definite yet. Um, and I might change my mind in six months or a year. But one of the main reason I'm thinking about this is because we're gonna talk about environment here in a second. But the environment right now is so uncertain to predict. I mean, I'm on record. It, I, I, I'm concerned about the next six months for the country. When I say the country, I don't mean the United States. I mean the what's left of the United States, the country we live in, <clears throat> not the, you know, um, the border to border country with 50 you know, stars on a flag that really isn't one country, but two. I, I'm concerned of the, about the what's left of America. I think our values and our ability to communicate and distribute them are going to be under attack. They already are, as never before, but I, I think that thing, as you like to say, Todd, is it's going to get spinal tapped. I think that thing's going to get dialed up to 11. To me, we're in survival mode for this year. We, I, that Just try to survive as an entity, as a movement, as a media industry, etc., Let's just try to survive this year. That's that's how I'm looking at 2021. That's the main reason why I've not done a whole bunch of already, I haven't written some guest column for Politico with the early look at the candidates or none of that stuff is because I, I, I need to, I, if we can survive this year, I think we're fine next year because that's an election year and the politicians will largely be distracted by which should be a very competitive midterm election between the two parties in 2022. But this year without Trump there to draw all their fire, I'm concerned we're going to draw people like us are drawing all that fire instead. Right? And so so that's our focus on the show for this year is to, is the answer is us. What can we do? What can, what decisions can we make? What offices could we run for? What stances could we take? Um, What, what civil disobedience could we engage in in order to survive this year? That, that's our focus right now. It's not on the 2024 cycle. But I think I'd be doing both a moral and professional... Um, I, I, I think that would be moral and professional malfeasance if we, given where we are, given my extensive background in this arena, the level of contacts that I have... If I just ignored it and let all kinds of other people that aren't friendly to us kind of come in and fill that void and start determining that environment instead. So today I want to lay down some markers. All right. But, and one of them is I'm contemplating not getting actively involved in 2008. I was all in for Huckabee before we got to the straw poll 2012. I was in a non-compete a lot of that cycle. And didn't decide on a candidate until the week before the election and, and went with Newt Gingrich. In 2016, I wanted us to, to to find a candidate that I thought could go the distance and not just be that plucky little, you know, resistance candidate that Mike Huckabee and Rick Santorum were, but somebody that had built the organization that could then unite our base and go all the way to the end. and And, and that's what I was looking for while vetting the conservative candidates. Went early on with Ted Cruz. I think it was in August. You know, so a good, you know, six months before the caucuses. This time I am contemplating, given the uncertainty of the environment and the necessity of, if we can make it that far, who that next nominee needs to be, I'm contemplating going full Joker here and just breaking the cue stick in half, walking out of the room and saying, we're going to have tryouts, okay? Um, And just letting them figure it out on their own. Putting them all in there, Battle Royale style, steel cage, lock the door and wait to see and just sit back and give brutally honest commentary on the action as it's happening with no stake in it, which I tried to do when I was heavily supporting Cruz. As much as I try to do it, you can't get around the fact, though, that that's the guy you're supporting. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And this time, just sit back and given and see who's up to rise to the call of history. Does that make sense? And just put them all in that steel cage and sit back and I'm going to be the play-by- I'm going to be the ringside play-by-play announcer now and I'm going to wait and see who can survive that and walk out. What are your thoughts about taking that approach?
0: You'd be a fool not to at this point. It's undeniable the level of influence, much to the chagrin of many people, in the uh, right-wing establishment you've had over the years. Much
1: to my own chagrin, every time I feel like I'm out, I get pulled back in. Yes, I hear you, yeah.
0: But, and no one knows this better than you because you've said it out loud many, many times, to what end? And the chaos that is now, the atmosphere that we live in, to shepherd it as you did multiple times, to frustration, to now try to do the same thing here in this post-Trump universe, Mm -hmm. Just weeks ago, people were like, "Oh, I can't wait till 2020 is over. 2021 will shepherd us away for all our doubts." And here we are, nonetheless. Yeah. Y- you need to be able to go on this roller coaster ride and just let it go for a while, while keeping open the possibility that at the eleventh hour, you may have something different to I say. May, but-
1: I may th- That's a good point. You know, the eleventh hour can still occur. You know, but. One of the things we've been saying a lot on our show recently is let's let the truth have its way. Let's let it out, right? And instead of me trying to generate a desired result as the truth, what if the, we just let the truth just stand on its own? Absolutely. You know, just stand back and let the truth show itself.
0: You know, you were at the front end of mocking the uh, IHME model, yes,
1: from the University of Washington, right? To
0: try to call your shot earlier in the early in the game with any particular candidate is basically like trusting that thing nailing jello point. to a door, basically.
1: Yes. Yeah. All right. And and you mentioned a post-Trump universe. Okay, that's the next big picture point I think we have to discuss here, and we'll do that in a moment. But I know a lot of people right now you're struggling with inflammation. You've been. You're taking ibuprofen, other things over the counter. What if there was an all-natural solution? Uh, Our friends at Omega XL, um, backed by 35 years of clinical research, Uh, they've got that natural solution that will attack the inflammation that's causing your pain. Now, a disclaimer, and I always throw this in, injury is not the same as inflammation. If you have an injury, go get it medically treated. But if we're talking about uh, aches and pains, stiff joints and muscles... Uh, the neck, the back, the knees. For me, it's a hip flexor. If you deal with those things, Omega XL, I think, is the product you're looking for. It's part of my everyday regimen. Todd, you saw the uh, the supplements I bring with me on the road. Omega XL. Uh, I, you know, I don't leave home without it. I bring it with me uh, when I'm not at home as well. If you want to give it a shot, Buy one, get one free right now. When you go to OmegaXL.com, just like it sounds, OmegaXL.com, buy one bottle, get a second one for free at OmegaXL.com slash Steve, slash Steve, or give them a call at 800-844-4888. That's 800-844-4888. All right. Another reason we're not fixated on this right away, is are we in a post-Trumpian universe? See, I I think that has to be determined. I think this process is largely frozen until Donald Trump decides what he wants to do. And I don't think we have, I don't don't think we're going to get an answer on that anytime soon. I mean, obviously, if there's an impeachment conviction, there's your answer, right? But that's an answer that's foisted upon him. He's the consummate salesman, the consummate marketer, so if it's his choice to make, he's not giving you a choice or a decision on that until it's the most opportune time for him to do so, right? He's not. Let's say that they don't have an impeachment trial in the Senate, which I believe that they will, and then let's say that they don't convict him, so he's he's open to run again. It's not like he's coming out a week or two later, a month later, six months later, this Christmas, and Trump's going to be like, I'm in or I'm out. Uh, that doesn't benefit him in any way, shape, or form. Uh, he'd be better off keeping all of that speculation out in the open because it freezes anybody else in the field. Now, I, you know, there's a Monmouth poll out today. 72% of Republican voters um, still believe that uh, Joe Biden won because of voter fraud, which is what I believe. But um, I don't know even know who would even step into that breach. Because when we talk about candidates later, we're not going to talk about guys like Larry Hogan and, and Chris Christie. Those guys aren't legit candidates. They're media uh, concoctions. All right. They're not on the list. We're going to talk about people who could actually win this thing. All right. Um, but. Except for those kinds of candidates. No one else that thinks they could win is stepping in front of that freight train. Right. And so Trump's got to decide if he's eligible to run. He's got to decide if he wants to run again or not. And, and and even if he's not going to run again, if he decides, hey, I want to put my thumb on the scale and anoint a candidate, that's another reason why you keep your name in the middle for as long as you can, because then when you say, hey, I'm, I'm out, but this is my successor in whom I am well pleased, so to speak, th- there, that adds an even extra layer of potency and inevitability aura to that selection, right? So if Donald Trump's not going to let us know, I don't think, into well into 2023, what, what he is going to do, whether he is going to run again. I mean, I, I could even see a scenario where if you get into early 2023 and we have maybe like some early primary primary debate and you don't have to be an announced candidate yet and Trump doesn't show up for it and and so that the whole specter of the event, essentially, he's casting a pall, a shadow over it. uh, And you can't avoid the guy who's not in the room and most of the questions are still about him. You know what I'm saying? So we got to figure out, first of all, if we are in a post-Trumpian universe, will he run again or not? And then even if he doesn't, if there's one aspect of the environment I am certain about. Now, I, I don't know if it's gonna rank number one, two, or three, but I think it'll be somewhere on the list of, of factors that determine the 2024 environment. In 2016, I said, hey, you know, we've got this rising tide on the right, this liberty movement. And it's made up of a couple of different kinds of people or, you know, uh, people that have been long term, sincere libertarians, long time Ron Paulers, people who are young um, and and view this as a as a cleaner uh, path to political uh, influence without necessarily getting their hands dirty with traditional Republican Party intra politics, right? And then the third group were just people that were like, I don't even know half this stuff he's talking about, and I couldn't tell you what a fountainhead is from a hosehead. Okay, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Ayn Rand from uh, from Raisin Bran. Okay. But I like that wild-eyed look in his face, and I think he's just crazy enough to pull some plugs, so I'm in, right? Okay. I mean, if you went to a Ron Paul event, we got to see him up close and personal in Iowa because he really built his national brand off of his success in two Iowa caucuses. And and so I got a good look at two cycles of what his coalition was, and it was those three types of people that I just mentioned. And I, I said going into the 2016 cycle that if we were going to have a candidate who could go the distance, was it somebody that could... That, that could appeal to two of those, to that base, but the traditional conservative grassroots uh, dominated by evangelicals, but not exclusively so, that, you know, that makes up most of the Republican Party. And so we were kind of looking for that candidate. If you go to 2016, you go back, uh, you know, what now, six years or five years, the last two candidates standing were the two candidates that did that. I mean, Ted Cruz really ate into the Young Liberty base. We saw that in Iowa, where a lot of the Young Liberty people left Rand Paul and went to Ted Cruz instead. And he kind of combined that with the traditional, you know, uh, conservative grassroots dominated by evangelicals. And then Donald Trump did the same thing. He had his own uh, group of of conservative grassroots dominated by evangelicals. But then he kind of took the sector of Ron Paul's support that were kind of older voters that were like, I don't know half half of what he's talking about, man, is Greek to me. I just like draining the swamp. You know what I'm saying? Sure. And, and and so the last two candidates standing were the two candidates that were able to forge that coalition of those two, of, of, of segments within those two bases, right? In this next cycle, even if Trump doesn't run, I don't think you're in a post-Trumpian universe because you're going to need to have somebody this time that can that can that has a populist zeal while appealing to the conservative grassroots. That if you want a non-establishment candidate to be the nominee, that's the coalition that they have to be able to put together. Who can fit somewhat comfortably between those two arenas? Who can develop a base of support within the two so that you can go the distance to win the nomination? I think that's the coalition That will be necessary in the future. What are your thoughts on that?
0: Well, the operative word is environment. You remember how much we talked about that and how no candidate can change the environment? Right. But the more you talk, the more I think that... Is there any situation where Trump himself isn't the environment that those two things have melded now?
1: No. No, that's why I don't think it's a post-Trumpian universe. I think it's, uh, it's, it's whether... Trump cast a shadow um, or he's actively hes stepped out into the sh- out of the shadows and onto the stage and onto the platform again. And keep in mind, what is he? 74, right? 75 years old. I mean four years from now, you're pushing 80, right? You know and he was he's far healthier than Joe Biden was. We saw that this year in what limited campaign trail that we had. But we also have all had parents and grandparents in this age group, right? And they can look young and defy the odds and defy nature and defy age for so long. And then you don't see them for like six months. Right. And you show up and they just like age 10 years. And eventually time times undefeated. You know, time doesn't lose. Time will eventually catch up. And, you know, who knows? Um, I mean go watch tape of what Joe Biden sounded like and looked like 4 years ago compared to now. It's like another human being, right? We, yes. we, we I mean we've Aaron's played some of that footage for us and 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 put it side by side between the Biden that you saw even in 2016 as he's yeah. leaving the Biden the, the end of the uh, Obama administration to the Biden we see now. I mean the the video I tweeted out yesterday where he's fumbling around trying to figure out dawdling. That's kind of a term for you know, dithering uh, senior citizens trying to figure out the process by which to get his pen to work to sign another of this, what, 50 executive orders in his first, you know, two weeks in the in the White House. I mean, that Joe Biden didn't do stuff like that in 2016. And so we all know people that are in this age group that you're like, man. I hope when I'm your age, I don't feel like you do right now. You know what I'm saying? Right. And then you you, you're, you don't see him for six months. You come and visit him again for Christmas, and it was like they just suddenly aged all those years at one time. You know we, um, and and, and so who knows what condition Donald Trump is in in three or four years? Because you're at the age where you know uh, you're not buying green bananas. But he, whether he can physically do it or not, there's no question that his presence and the precedent that he established. If it's not him, someone will have to figure out then how to fill that void.
0: Yeah, we're in Obi-Wan, I'll become more powerful than you can possibly imagine phase with him because just like the left could have just been adults and defeated him, just like they could have not done Russian collusion and defeated him because he he was a mediocre president at best in my estimation. Now they could have just got the trains running in time, give people some peace. They're obviously the executive orders, the gender bending. They can't help but elevate him more and more as each day goes by. His ghost will be
1: powerful. Yeah, Uh, I sense that he's every bit as popular with the GOP base as he's ever been right now. I do sense that he may be as unpopular outside of the GOP base as he has ever been. And how to figure out how to navigate that... I mean, that's a that's a problem that he will have if he decides to run again, then he'll have to, you know, figure that out. Um and I mean at this point, can you can we even say we're confident that if he ran again he'd be running against Joe Biden in twenty twenty four? Oh no. 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 So the the environment is uncertain. But with that said, who might the candidates be? We'll take a look at that list when we come back. Stay tuned. You know, if you're a parent, you know the detrimental impact of too much screen time for your kids, whether it's that content online, the shortening of attention spans, the loss of creativity. We need better ways for our children and grandchildren to use their own downtime. That's why I want to tell you about Annie's Kit Clubs. They've got the perfect subscription box for both boys and girls. So yes, uh, they are gender normative bigots. Um but we call them Americans on this show. Uh, They have the Young Woodworkers Kit Club for your son, a monthly subscription that puts real tools into your child's hands, starting with a great kid-sized hammer. I mean, what kid doesn't want? What boy doesn't want a hammer? Right. Uh, every month, your child will receive an all-in-one woodworking kit with the materials and the tools needed to make an awesome woodworking project with minimal supervision. And then for the girls, there's Annie's Creative Girls Club, which sends two fun craft projects every month, complete with easy-to-follow instructions. You can uh, kickstart her creativity through painting, beading, and more. Help your kids develop actual skills. Master real-world building and, and new crafting techniques while expressing their creativity at the exact same time, all right? Uh, make the great gifts. Go to Annie's Kit Clubs, Annie's Kit Clubs, just like it sounds, Annie is, IE, by the way, annieskitclubs.com slash Steve. Save 75% off your first shipment. That's practically giving it away. 75% off your first shipment at annieskitclubs.com slash Steve. All right, let's get to it. By Siller Hold with an entire focus on the 2024 GOP presidential field. I don't know what you're going to ask me about each of these candidates. We're going to do, I did give Todd the 11 candidates I was the most confident will seriously ponder a run or will definitely run. And to avoid any tipping in the cap of what I think of each of them, uh, we're not, we're doing it totally in alphabetical order, right? Okay but i don't know what you're going to ask me about each one of these all right so todd you're up
0: and you also don't know assuming we have time the two i've added to the list at the end okay so yeah i will don't be know out that either. of alphabetical order. you're right
1: you're right we're
0: starting off with tucker carlson buy seller hold if a poll of all trump voters were held today tucker carlson would be the 2024 front runner and trump's not
1: in the poll well, if, the, yes. if the, Is the question, if Donald um, Trump doesn't run, which of these candidates for the, would you prefer? For the okay. purposes
0: of this, take Trump out. Okay. So it's the other 10 right. in your mind.
1: I would buy. If you include him, I would buy. Now, I, I'm not confident he will run. Um, I think, I think there are people more interested in running right now than he is on an individual level. From just what I've heard. but um, What
0: does it say about the base? That knowing everything you just said, Mm -hmm. that you still feel confident they would likely anoint him atop? Having no idea if he's interested.
1: I think it says that ideologically... I mean, a candidate we're going to talk about here in a second is Ted Cruz. And I don't know what you're going to ask me, so I hope I don't spoil the question. But since... He, he, I would have said a month ago he was very prepared to step into that breach and bridge the gap of those two bases. I, I thought that Ted had made some real inroads into MAGA world. But I also think, though, uh, when he threw Trump under the bus for what happened on January the 6th, I saw a lot of MAGA people in my social media were upset about that. And I think on some level he at least, if he didn't hurt himself, hindered the growth... Uh, His growth chart, at the very least, uh, with that. And I think it shows that that there's a massive vacuum of who people think could credibly step in and and make that case to the country. I think it also speaks to how in this past year, um, I mean, Tucker Carlson became the closest thing that I think 21st century... Right of center America has at the moment to Bill Buckley, and I think it also speaks to his clout that he was able to to kind of call BS on Sidney Powell. And I don't I, I, his ratings are down a little bit. He's still by far the most watched show on Fox, so I think he's taken somewhat of a hit for that. But I don't think his clout has been impugned at all. I think there's a lot of respect for him. Now, whether he could form an organization and those sorts of things, uh, a lot of it, though, because of the buzz he would create, a lot of that organization and stuff It'd he would need would come to him. Yeah, it would. I just don't know. I'm I, i it, it, I'm not in Tucker Carlson's gravitational pull, okay? But I, I had times when I was a big fish in the pond of Iowa, I had people ask me, do you want to run for this spot? Do you want to run for that spot? And I always thought with the power of my local radio show, I could get five or six people that agreed with me or were like me elected rather than just leave this perch, hand it to somebody else, and who knows who they put in there instead, right? And then even if I win, I'm just one guy occupying that seat, which is why I always thought the only job I would run for was governor because the the amount of power that that position could wield that I would wield if I had it would justify giving up the influence of this platform on WHO radio right on a, on a on a much larger scale that's probably the calculation a Tucker Carlson is making which is one could I even win All right, because clearly the power you could wield in the presidency is worth the juice is worth the squeeze so to speak but are, is, is the likelihood of my success justify the gambit then of giving up the seat that I have right now you know the 8 o'clock eastern time seat I have in on Fox News right now where I can almost steer the national conversation and the what's left of America anywhere I want what, what has more influence doing that or running for the presidency if I had to guess he'll stay where he's at but let's say a year or two from now And there's more and more buzz. More and more people are going to him and saying, hey, we need you. That has a way of changing a man's mind sometimes.
0: Would the establishment be open to him or would they move heaven and earth to destroy him?
1: Uh, I don't think they would not be open to him and I don't believe they would move heaven and earth to destroy him. Because I think that they would try to figure out some way to get around him. Uh, I think they would try, if if anything, I think that they would take another candidate who, um, uh, who... appeals to the same base and try to promote him to dilute him because one of the things we have seen tucker do with his show and this is why he has the influence he has is he has wielded it as a weapon and i i think that he would crush them and so i don't think they would step to him directly i think they would do it indirectly by trying to see if they could flood the zone with other candidates that appeal to the same base he does and trying to dilute his ability to have a, like, I think he would lead the poll. Like you asked me, but I don't think it would be like he's in the 20% and everybody else is in single digits. Like he might be at like 12 or 13 and you know, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I think he would lead the poll, but I don't think it would be like an overwhelming lead.
0: Tom Cotton is our next candidate by seller hold. Tom Cotton's viability will increase in proportion to the amount of instability Biden's foreign policy causes in the world, so if the world remains at relative peace, he has no shot.
1: That's an excellent observation that you just made. Because what's the rationale for his candidacy, right? Um, this is not, you know, um, he's he's he doesn't have Tucker Carlson's or, or Donald Trump's dynamism or personality, right? Um, he, he appeals to the conservative base and grassroots, but he can't get to the right of somebody like a Rand Paul or a Ted Cruz, right? Um, and so what's his niche? It's He clearly wants to run, the senator from Arkansas. So what is his niche? And that would seem to be his niche. Now, we'll get to another candidate later on that that's going to be what he's going to run on. And he's got real-world experience on these matters. But, yeah, if you're if you're looking for... What's the justification for a Tom Cotton candidacy? Because I'm not voting for him because um, I think that he is the sort of charismatic proxy for my values that can penetrate the 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 left media bubble, that can uh, appeal to lost suburban voters. Uh, you're talking about a guy who is very intellectual and very dry. So, yeah, he needs an issue that elevates his candidacy. He doesn't have the personality that elevates issues. He needs issues that elevate his personality. And I agree that um, he needs something like a Joe Biden getting us back into the Iran deal and that becoming a disaster. Um, You know, China, uh, a a legitimate fear of China surpassing the U S on the world stage. Um, He needs something like this. That is a calling card for him to, be a fixture in conservative media and seen yeah. as a guy that's a that's leading the loyal opposition against like, the O'Bi- the Obiden administration.
0: He's not an unknown in any way, but people right now know him mostly because the New York Times messed with his exactly. op ed. Right. I mean that it needs to be fleshed out. To right,
1: I, Tom Cotton strikes me as a guy that if you if you read what he thought, you are much more impressed than if you listen to what he thinks.
0: Oh, this is like that Dennis Kucinich, if you did the blind taste test, which was done when Dennis
1: Kucinich right. was running. And, and, was, we're, and we're not drawing like an ideological no, no, no. equivalency between no. the two. He's not like the Dennis Kucinich of the right, but his persona yeah. is an acquired taste. If you
0: just read about it with the face. There's just, they did a psychological study when I worked at the Des Moines Register. of the It was Obama was involved, Hillary, right. and they just read what they believed and Everybody chose Dennis Kucinich. I think to your point, Tom Cotton, I mean, he, he's he got the bona fides to do it but it once you package it all in this post-trump universe is it a sell
1: that can be made he also was uh one of the few what are considered stalwart conservatives in the senate that did not sign on to um i'm not going to vote to certify the election he thought it was unconstitutional now i think i think that would have been extreme that would have mortally wounded his chances to run for president if the events of january of the if if the uprising, riot, whatever, storming, whatever we want to call it, uh, had not occurred, I think that would have been a mortal wound, if not a death knell, to him. I don't know now that that event has taken place that that matters to people as much as uh, did you did you did you uh, regurgitate the left media narrative and blame Trump for inciting it. And say he was a terrible. You know what I'm saying? Yes. I think absolutely. that's more damaging now than whether you voted for this to decertify or not. No, I could be wrong, and the voters will get will, will have their say on that at some point. But my read of it right now is throwing Trump under the bus after that event is 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 ticking our people off a lot more than whether you supported the decertification because that event has just completely overshadowed the decertification, right? Right. Okay. So Tom and, and when I say this to Tom about Tom Cotton, I've never met him, don't know him. I do know people that know him. Speak highly of him. But remember, we vote for people, not constructs. Right? Yes. And and so personality, your ability to inspire me, connect with me, that does matter. We vote for people, not constructs.
0: Ted Cruz is next. By seller hold. It's not a question of whether Ted Cruz can win Iowa again. It's a question of whether he can finish in the top three.
1: I would be shocked if if and when it, well, let's say it's this next cycle. If he doesn't run this next time, and in my opinion, the only way Ted Cruz will not run is if Donald Trump does. If Donald Trump doesn't run, I 100% believe Ted Cruz will run. Um, but if, if if he were not to run, and then that was Mike Huckabee's fault, or problem, I should say, is that he skipped 2012 and it was too too far gone. Uh, to just put the band back together. You know what I'm saying? Sure. A lot of Huckabee's organization that led him to being the the number one vote-getter in the history of the Iowa caucuses at the time, on the Republican side, a lot of that organization waited four years for him. That's That was one of the reasons why candidates kept coming to Iowa and were struggling to organize the state, is a lot of that Huckabee organization was sitting out waiting to see what Mike was going to do. He decided to stay in media and make money and not run. And when he got back into the race... A lot of those people had now developed relationships with other candidates, other swim lanes on the right, that he could not put the whole band back together again. It was too long to go. In my opinion, Cruz has too many established relationships in Iowa that if he runs the very next cycle to not finish in the top three. Now, there will be the professional class candidate will be in the top three. So that means he has to have one of the other two spots. And why does the top 3 matter? Because in the history of the Republican Party, no one has won the presidency that didn't finish in the top 3 in Iowa. It's never happened. And in fact, only one guy's even won the nomination. And it was John McCain, and he finished in fourth place by like what was it? Like a tenth of a decimal right. point or something, okay? And then got destroyed in the in the general election. So you, now I would say if anything if Cruz does run, anything other than winning Iowa is Maybe you're not mortally wounded, but I think you are. Uh, you're looking at serious knee reconstructive surgery on your candidacy, because you can't go from the guy that did set the record, another record for the most votes of all time in Iowa, and then finish like third. You can't. I mean, that's a tough argument to then turn around and justify why we're off to New Hampshire. The next day, you know what I'm saying? Probably
0: depends on who the two ahead of them are. That, it to may, some
1: it may. And maybe what the distance is like, if it's like, let's say Cruz's percentage is roughly what he got four years ago, but now they're, it's, you know, basically a three-way tie, but it would, I, it would take something extraordinary. Like, like if he's clearly in third place, then I, I think that really hurts his candidacy. I, I think that he's got enough residual organization in the state that he could call together on his own to with his name ID to finish in a top three, um, I you're so, but I could be wrong. Maybe this is my own bias looking at this, because that that's a pretty loaded question that he would that he would go from the most votes ever to finishing out of the top three. Well, Huckabee did it too, Steve. But remember, Huckabee skipped a cycle. Cruz would be coming in the very next cycle after that. I got to ask you, what led you to even asking the question that way? It's, is it's, that your it's, read on things?
0: Yeah, it really is. Okay. And it's Trump and this universe and listening to the crazy voices as in my head, which you know is far more than a shtick. It's my right. mantra. I, I just, I don't see it happening right now anyways. I don't see it happening.
1: So, I mean, I can tell you, if we have another Iowa caucus, I can tell you right now who two of the top three finishers will be. Won't be a name, it'll be a type, right? Because of the way that the Iowa caucus electorate is splintered, there will be one professional class candidate. And there's two of them that are on this list, and we'll get to them a little bit later on. One of them, whichever one, they both can't run at the same time, right? So um, it was like Rubio or Jeb Bush last time. They both, so one of them had to falter, and so Jeb had to implode, and Rubio finished in the top three, right? That kind of candidate will finish somewhere in the top three. There will be a new hotness candidate. Iowans love the new hotness. Ted Cruz was that new hotness last time, right? Yeah. They love the new hotness that they get to find an unknown and send them off to the rest of the country. And then there's – that'll be two of the three spots. It's just a matter of what individuals fill those two spots. Agreed. We'll look more at the field in 2024 here in a moment. Stay tuned. Hour 2 coming your way here on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. And we're back with Hour 2 live and on demand. Here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast from the posh Blaze studios here in Dallas. Aaron is still gone on his honeymoon, so I brought Todd down here with me. Just, I mean, I I can see why Aaron uh, is gone for a week in January, because he's in Florida on a honeymoon, right? Yes. You and I are like, why in the hell would we take a week off to live in in Iowa in January? We want to use that vacation time. Some other time during the year when there's not exactly. a foot and a half snow on the ground, like landed on Monday right before we flew down yes. here, right? All right. So we're here, uh, Sans Aaron uh, from The Blaze. Let us know what you think about what we think. Steve at com is how you can email us. That's D E A C E. Like us on Facebook, uh, we where else? Uh, Rumble, YouTube, look f- uh, Twitter. Look for Steve Dace or at Steve Dace Show, like on Twitter, at each one of those places. And you can follow us there and also let us know what you think about what we think. I forgot to mention, my most recent book, my latest book, A Nefarious Carol, is out right now. Get your copy at Amazon.com. You can also, there's a link on my Facebook page, pinned to the very top of the page. If you don't want to do business with Amazon, can't say I blame you, um, if you can avoid it anyway. Uh, Premier Collectibles. Is offering uh, autographed copies of A Nefarious Carol. You can order that with the link that's pinned at the top of my Facebook and Twitter pages. Look for at Steve Dace Show on Twitter and just find Steve Dace on Facebook. And if you've had a chance to read the book or listen to the audible version, I've gotten so much positive feedback from so many people around the country who did one or the other. Loved my oldest daughter, Anastasia, and I reading the book together. Uh, leave us a five star review if you haven't had a chance to do that yet, because the more. Of those you get, it helps uh, Amazon's algorithm promote the book all the more. It was surreal for me. I hadn't checked on the rankings or anything with the book for a few weeks. I just forgot about it, frankly. Uh, Not the book, but to monitor that stuff. And I go look at some of the categories of of where we're ranked. And to see, it's just surreal for me as a kid born to a 15-year-old mom, to see my my works surrounded by names like orwell and lewis i, I it's just a mind scramble it, it is man it it's guys i was i was playing the 2023 nfl season on madden 21 the night before we flew down here <laughs> right so it's just it's just bizarre and i mean it, it, that doesn't happen if folks like you don't buy that stuff and don't appreciate it so Thank you to each and every one of you. And if you can't stand Amazon, even if you didn't buy the book from them, you want to really stick it to them. Go give a positive review to a book like A Nefarious Carol with its belief system on Amazon.com. That's one way to stick it to them if you'd like to do that. Uh, what else? Oh, oh! if you're a podcast listener, uh, we love you too. Please show that you love us. Hit that subscribe button. Leave us a five-star review on whichever podcast platform that you prefer to utilize because same thing as I just said with Amazon, the more of you that do that, uh, the algorithms more aggressively help us find more people like you. So thanks to all of you, the thousands of you that have done those two things for us already. We were sitting here during the break. We would never have this on uh, in, in in my studio back home. I, I can't handle cable news, most news. I can't watch it. When you and I went to the Des Moines airport, I, f- I found you a specific... Uh, nook and cranny at the airport where the, where you could not hear or see CNN. Tell them it's a true story. This is all true. I demanded we had to sit in one particular spot where I could not see a screen of CNN Correct. nor hear it echo off any of the cavernous walls at Des Moines International Airport. There's one spot in the whole uh, waiting area for your flight in the whole airport, and I, I made sure we sat there, did I not?
0: Yes. yes. Uh, we have a bubble boy level of... What's allowed in and out? Temperature, visuals,
1: whatever. I hate it. I can't stand the stuff. It 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 just I despise it. And so, of course, here in Pat's studio, you know, I'm a good guest. I'm not going to come in here, and he's got his stuff. Only blue M and M's. Yes, I'm not. I'm I'm trying to be as low maintenance as possible. And so he's got the cable news channels on, and I have in this last break I have watched more cable news than than I will typically watch. You've only twitched a a
0: couple times. I hardly noticed it. Yes,
1: and it's five minutes. And here's what we saw. Like Grandma Karen, who's the climate director, who wore a mask well the whole time she spoke through a mask while she addressed climate alarmism, followed by John Kerry, who's had so many facelifts, he doesn't need a mask. He is a mask. Um, so he gets up there maskless, except for the mask that is himself. Uh, and he wanted you to know when he was asked, hey, what do you say to all these people in these fossil fuel and oil industries that you're taking their jobs away? He basically told you, hey, learn to code. Learn how to work at a wind turbine. He literally said that. I I I just saw it on the screen. He literally said that. When you are governed by people that don't know how reality works or think that they can bend reality, make sure you are prepared. Because if I would have told you a year ago at this time Stock up on the TP. It's going away. Who knows when you'll see it again? Y'all would have told me I lost my damn mind. And then it happened, right? It did. It did. With these people in charge this time, it, it might not be uh, what you take care of, what comes out of the back end, but what you want to put into the front end. Food, all right? So that's where you want to check out My Patriot Supply. Panic buying empties out grocery stores within hours. We just saw this already. And this time you don't want to have, hey, that one time is now. It, it happens. And the food that you need to feed your family is gone. Don't make that mistake. Prepare in advance with emergency food from My Patriot Supply. It stays fresh for up to 25 years. So you're not going to go hungry, stand in any food lines. It's uh, got the 2,000 the 2, calories a day that you and I need. And right now you can save 20% off their popular four-week food kit. Just so you've got got the peace of mind to know that if it goes down, you're you're prepared. All right, take advantage of this right now. And if you don't want to, if you're worried about, hey, they're gonna show up in a uh, in a in a in a massive van uh, with Doom Prepper logos on the side, so your neighbors look at you like, uh, what's your issue? It will get shipped discreetly to your door in as little as two days. All right, so now's the time to prep for the future. Visit PrepareWithDace.com. My last name. Prepare with and save 20% off right now. All right, so Todd, we're continuing on uh, with a, a buy, seller, hold based on the twenty twenty four presidential field. I've given you eleven candidates that I'm confident are going to run or at least seriously kick the tires of it. We're going through these alphabetically and you've got a buy, seller, hold question on all of them, right? I do. We, we did three, which means we've got eight more. So I gotta get through these you've quicker. We gotta go. We gotta go. So you're up. Go.
0: All right, Florida. Governor Ron DeSantis by seller hold. He should wait as long as possible to begin running for president to make it appear he is being recruited for the job and to help him avoid becoming the next Scott Walker.
1: You mean the guy who as governor was fantastic and there was so much hype for, and then when he showed up, he was just like a a a, a vat of milk toast Pablum consultant speak. And I think he was out before Halloween, right? He literally said, I'd like to punt on that question. Yes, he literally said that. The guy who stood up to the mobocracy. Yes. yes. I think I'm going to need to punt on that question from that uh, 23-year-old female right out of Wellesley College. Yes, Um, I'm going to buy. I'm going to buy on that because I think that the platform he has in the highest profile swing state he's in the, the country. He's not the governor of Idaho is right. what you're saying. Yeah. yeah, he's in the he doesn't he's going to be in the news all the time. And and actually Trump dangling out there whether he's going to run or not helps DeSantis do what you're saying because it helps DeSantis say, you know what, right now I can legitimately say I'm not even thinking of running for the presidency because if there's one guy who seems like he could be both the new hotness and the guy that could bridge the gap between MAGA and the traditional grassroots, he seems to actually do the stuff that Trump tweeted and talked about a lot. You know what I mean? He does. All right, and and he's we've already seen how he knows how to handle the media and everything else down there. He caught he caught uh, a, you know a Bernie bro leaking on him at the Department of Health and sick the the, the cops on her. Uh, just didn't even tolerate it. Right, so. This gives him an out. He can legitimately say, hey, I'm not thinking of running for president right now. My whole and my, my whole focus is on Florida. We've got a tough re-elect coming up in 2022. Because the reality is he's, he, he has no audience to run if Trump runs anyway. And so what's going to happen first? Ron DeSantis' 2022 re-election or Trump making a definitive decision, provided health's not an issue, whether he's going to run? I bet you a lot of money that Ron DeSantis' re-election campaign is going to happen first, right? And so he can just totally focus on that, and there's no pressure on him. Why aren't you coming to Iowa? What are you thinking about doing? Because he can focus on Florida, because with Trump's, un, uh, you know, Trump uh, lingering out there, there's no audience for him in a, in a world where Trump runs anyway, right? Yes. So bye. I like that idea. Yeah.
0: Now listen very carefully to the specific wording of this. This is important. Nikki Haley. No candidate for 2024 already checks more viability boxes than Nikki Haley. Which means that the race is hers to lose more than anyone else's.
1: Um, I will buy that, but I but I like your meta theme more than your specific application. I think this is similar to the Tucker Carlson question you asked me. If 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 you pulled Trump's base and you put Tucker Carlson in there, and it said, "Hey, if Trump doesn't run, who would you most prefer?" Do I think Tucker Carlson would be first? Yes. Do I think he'd be like way in front though? No. You know what I'm saying? So I agree that because of I see what you're doing, you're connecting dots. Because she checks more viability boxes. And and she she or Marco Rubio, who we'll talk about in a moment, will be the professional classes candidate. I don't think we're going to have a true establishment candidate anymore. But she also worked for Trump. Yes. She liked
0: Trump. Yep. And she's a she's a woman. Yep. And so that's what I'm talking but, about. But the, the consulting
1: and the consulting class loves her. Nikki Haley is not one of us, but I don't think she's Jeb Bush either. I agree. Okay. Um, And so I think Jeb Bush, Mitt Romney, John McCain candidates, uh, maybe Larry Hogan and those kinds of people decide to run. They have no shot to ever be the nominee of this party ever again. Cannot happen. Okay. And I think Nikki Haley being a professional classes candidate shows you how much the, the fulcrum has moved on that. Because in other cycles, in the in the '90s and stuff, she same candidate, same profile. She'd have been considered like the the conservative candidate, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Um, so I think that at the worst, Nikki Haley will do is be runner up to Marco Rubio to be the professional classes candidate. If I had to guess, she's I'd favor her to topple him as the professional classes candidate, which is where you come in with checks the most viability boxes. Now, that does because she checks those boxes. Right now, I agree that she is the strongest candidate, but I think it's more a reflection of how fractured the other bases are, meaning that once those bases solidify behind somebody, okay, like Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley, head to head, Ron DeSantis is going to win. Ted Cruz, Nikki Haley, um, a little bit closer. But if Cruz is strong enough to get it to that level of a race, I think he would win. You know what I'm saying? Sure. That her against whoever the grassroots ultimately determines is their candidate, I would favor that candidate over her. But right now, she's ahead in the relay race because of the starting point that she starts from. I I agree with that. And
0: while I didn't want to make this whole thing about whether it was Biden or Kamala, I think her stock only increases if she's running against Kamala Harris. Uh,
1: I think that's true, too. but But... A lot, MAGA world, even though she worked for Trump, I will tell you, MAGA world cannot stand her. So, and and I don't think you'll see Trump, like if Trump doesn't run, Nikki Haley is not going to be the candidate that he taps as his successor. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. Josh Hawley. I love this one. I'm very curious to see what you say about this. His path to victory, by seller hold, his path to victory isn't putting the current controversy behind him. Instead, he must embrace it and weaponize it to his Trumpian advantage.
1: Uh, bye. That's brilliant analysis on your part. Um, in, in some respects, their personalities are a lot different. Yes. But their profiles as freshman senators, Holly reminds me a little of what, how Cruz came into the Senate. Uh, kind of a bat out of hell, uh, in a china shop. I'm not here to learn the ropes. You know what I'm saying? I'm here to do stuff you know and i don't really care whose toes i step on or who i insult um their personalities are different but i i there's some pro, there's a profile similarity there and very briefly
0: what would you suggest to him how does he do that how does he weaponize his current circumstances keep when people are trying to run him out of town keep
1: producing stances and content like we're going to talk about a candidate here in a minute that wasn't even on my radar until the new york times said he might have been the worst secretary of state of all time and i'm like Oh, huh. well, let me take another look. You know what I'm saying? That 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 helps brand him. You know, I I wrote a piece for when I before we started the conserv- before we started Conservative Review and and Merge with the Blaze when I was working for the Washington Times, and I wrote a piece where I had gone to D.C. and done some meetings and met with a lot of conservative groups, and they were all asking me about, hey, who's hot in Iowa leading into the? This was very early in 2016, and and I didn't even know Ted Cruz yet. I'd met him once in passing. And I said, guys, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm hearing a lot from the grassroots about this freshman senator, Ted Cruz. I mean, they like how he's frustrating the system, and everybody in D.C. like hated this guy. I mean, even on the right that I talked to couldn't stand him. And I wrote a column for the Washington Times that said, listen, uh, the you know D.C. endorses Ted Cruz. If I came back here to Iowa and said to Iowans, hey, the guy that they all hate the most in D.C. is Ted Cruz. If we hold the caucuses tomorrow he's Talk winning. To me. You know what? I'm saying? Yes. Holly yeah. can be that candidate this yeah. time. So like his book getting canceled, you know what I'm saying? Stuff like that create more flashpoints where he is seen as the guy that the system is, is snarling at. The system says that guy can't pass. You know what I'm saying? That's that that's branding that you are looking for. So if I was in his office, I would be looking to create more circumstances, more content, more statements. Now don't be dumb. Make sure there are things you can back up, right? But you want to pick those fights and be seen as the guy that is that is embracing those fights and that the guy that the people who hate us want to pick a fight with.
0: South Dakota Governor Christy, no. Buy, sell, or hold. No candidate has greater odds of ending up on the 2024 ticket, whether as president or vice president, than no.
1: I guess I can buy that. To me, I think Ron DeSantis is a very— uh, if I'm a Ted Cruz or a Nikki Haley, somebody— putting the governor of, a, of the most expensive swing state on my ticket— to try to save myself a hundred million dollars that it would take to go spend in Florida and put it into seeing if I can flip Virginia back or you know what I'm saying? Win win back to the suburbs in Arizona. Having DeSantis on my ticket to try to take the expensive tab of Florida off of my to-do list is is really attractive. But the attractive packaging and yeah, dude, she's a knockout, right? But it doesn't. It, it's not that she's a knockout. It's that she's a smart knockout. If you can put those two things together, then that's a powerful package. If Christy Nome was the governor of a larger state, she'd be a much more serious candidate for this. I still think she could be the new hotness candidate, too. Okay. And Trump really helped elevate her profile with what happened over the 4th of July and giving her that primetime speaking slot and things of that nature. She's also very close with Corey Lewandowski, who is, uh, you know, one of Trump's top political operatives and I think that she would be on a short list of candidates and maybe even a leader depending on now Trump wouldn't endorse somebody he didn't think could win so she would have to build a credible campaign on her own but she would be on a short list of candidates that I think that Trump would consider endorsing and throwing his weight behind to get the nomination
0: okay we have four more plus the two I'd like to ask you about for uh, former vice president Mike Pence buy sell or hold he will require a GOP establishment necromance akin to Biden's in order to be the 2024 nominee.
1: I, I completely agree with that. That's a total buy. And the problem he has is he's too white and too male for the professional class to invest that in him when they have somebody like a Nikki Haley and they have somebody like a Marco Rubio who are minorities and are more attractive packages where that's concerned than he is. I, I completely Trump agree with that. Trump is going
0: to try to... Trump's not going to say he's my boy. There's no, no way that's happening. No,
1: I, I, I agree. I mean, and, and, and uh, let me say this again. I thought Trump did him dirty. I thought Trump uh, set him up to fail, and I thought it was a douche move, bro. But I also thought it was karma, because Trump did to him on the 12th Amendment exactly what Mike Pence did to America on the 1st Amendment. So, you know, that's uh, sowing and reaping in action.
0: Uh, former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, buy, sell, or hold, he must be handpicked by Trump as his predecessor to be relevant?
1: To be relevant, um, I'll sell. I think that he could be relevant. He's from Kansas, state similar to Iowa. Um, And I think that, to me, he has an inroad to the rationale that that you asked me last hour about Tom Cotton, meaning that he's done the thing that Cotton is just opined about or given or advised yes. about as a senator like Pompeo I mean he's been he was in he can say hey I, I made all I was there for all those peace deals I I know those people I can make those calls to me I think that he has a very strong case from a foreign policy perspective it, it, to be the foreign policy candidate it's just a matter of how relevant foreign policy is when we get to this point and there's no way of knowing that right now right we don't know that like, foreign policy isn't relevant to a lot of people right now. It might be a year from now. We don't know. Okay? But I actually think Pompeo has is, is a stronger candidate than Cotton. Because neither one of them have electric personalities, but Pompeo's resume includes uh, actual achievements. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And Cotton can say, hey, the New York Times censored me. But Mike Pompeo can say, hey, the New York Times said I was the worst secretary of state of all time. Dude, that's an applause line. Um, just about any state that you would campaign in for the Republican Party nomination uh, to to ha- to stand up and say the New York Times said I was the worst secretary of state of all time. Dude, from New Hampshire to uh, to Iowa, to South Carolina, to Super Tuesday, people stand up and applaud. I mean, I, that's recognition you could you can't hope to buy in the Republican field.
0: And here we are with Marco Rubio. Buy seller hold. He would have better odds of becoming president in 2024 if he became a Democrat and primaried Biden from the right.
1: I see where you're getting at, but I'm going to sell because I do think he's sincerely pro-life, and I mean, you you just you have no shot in the Democratic Party if you don't. I mean, you have to be a full-on molek worshiper. Uh, that's the price. Which should of tell co- you what I
0: think about his chances of <laughs> Republican president.
1: I, I, I think Rubio, ironically, could find himself in this in the situation that Jeb Bush found himself in with Rubio four years ago. Please clap. Okay, where Rubio, where Jeb Bush is like calling us up at the Cruz campaign and leaking Oppo research to us because Rubio was in his way. Rubio was the was the the girl with the curl for for that same. Corner of of the of Team GOP, and 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 I I kind of think maybe Nikki Haley is that for Rubio now that he's now Jeb Bush, and Nikki Haley is the is the girl with the curl here in this in this tale. You know what I'm saying? That's why I think Rubio and Nikki Haley cannot. Nikki Haley can still be relevant if Marco Rubio runs. Marco Rubio cannot be relevant if Nikki Haley runs. In my opinion.
0: And here we are, the 400 pound gorilla. Former Vice President Donald Trump. Former President, mean? Excuse me, former President. Yeah. Buy, sell, or hold. He is more likely to run for president through the surrogacy of his son, Don Jr., than to run himself.
1: You mean have his son, who loves the battle, clearly has a taste in the arena, and doesn't and shy about addressing culture war issues. We've seen that with Don Jr., right? Like he won't be 78 years old. Right. But he's probably not, Don Jr.'s not in a position yet where he can run? So you're saying then that uh, Trump elevates his son for the future by... No, I'm it, saying he runs. for for Or the son no, runs I'm in 2024. He... In his So basically you're asking me that your, your, your proposition essentially is that Don Jr. runs instead of Don Sr., right? Correct. Okay. Which...
0: In many ways, in effect, is Don Senior right, running
1: right? Right. In another, I'm, I'm going to sell, and I'm, I'm only. I'm, how should I? I want to be very careful in how I word why I'm going to sell. Let me say this: I've never met Don Junior. Okay, and the the time before he became the nominee, where I had access to Donald Trump himself, I never met Hope Hicks, never even heard her name, um, never met Jared Kushner, never met Ivanka, never met Don Jr., Eric, none of the kids, just talked to Trump himself, uh, his top political advisor at the time, Sam Nunberg, and Rona Graff, his personal assistant. Those are the only people I dealt with directly, okay? So I'm, I am i don't have personal connections. I'm just, when I'm hearing secondhand, because I am intrigued by him as a candidate, because he more naturally is interested in our issues. His dad kind of realized, I think, that there's a market for this. You know what I'm saying? Where Don Jr., he can see him on Twitter right now. He tweets about the training madness stuff and all that stuff all the time, right? So I started asking around about him a few months from a few months ago. You know, I'm like, hey, if dad doesn't win, I mean, does he just go all in and night the sun? And and I was told that there's hesitancy there. Um that the family is, is battle and lawyer weary. Uh, they have been dragged through the mud, through the courts, and, um, and, and the kids are younger. And they have young children and families. You know what I'm saying? Sure. And do they want to have a threat of an indictment every single month and all this other kind of stuff? Or do they feel like if, if, if they just use their perch to influence the agenda that that's good enough while they go and still run the business you, you know what i'm trying to say i do, I do. and so i was told by uh, some folks i trust that that the next generation seems at this point at least in, that might change in 10 years but in the immediate future seem more interested in taking the passive route than the aggressive route so I, it's a good question it's one i asked myself of some people i know but that was the answer i got so i'm gonna sell
0: two more one you mentioned earlier why not Rand Paul? He's breathing fire lately. Fearless. Uh, he, he was... Donald Trump did him dirty very early. We laughed about it when they were right. running against each other. Right. He's found a way to simply continue to be a Paulie and just stand for what he believes in. It's no respecter of persons. Why not him?
1: Um, if I if if you told me... Okay, I'm going to give you one name on the list. Who was to person 12? It would have been him. Uh, I know he would like to run... Uh, He underwhelmed as a candidate the first time. Uh, Couldn't command a room the first time. Uh, He's been an excellent senator. But I think he has kind of lost the notion that he's a a burn-it-down guy. Does that make sense? Now, maybe in a year from now, he recovers that, and we can have a whole different conversation about this. You know what I'm saying? But right now, I don't sense that there's a blossoming market for libertarian nuance, number one, like there was four, eight years ago. In fact, I think a lot of people are really annoyed by it because they're watching big tech threaten their speech and everything else. Now, even Ron Paul Sr. is getting his Facebook page shut down, right? So I don't think that there's a lot of market right now for libertarian nuance, number one. And then number two, I think that for him to run again and be relevant, he has to show he is—he can be a burn-it-down, transformative candidate, and I don't think he has shown that yet.
0: Last one, and it is specifically her, but also what she represents. This is definitely the wild card. Cong- Colorado Congresswoman, first-term Congresswoman, Lauren Bobert, hmm. bringing her gun up to the Capitol, regularly taken to Twitter and talking uh, like the base loves to hear, a woman of action. Mm-hmm. Listen to the crazy voices in your head. Her, somebody else like her,
1: who knows? I like what well, you're you're trying. What you're what you're doing is trying to come up with st- who could be a new hotness and bridge that MAGA grassroots gap. You know, could she touch all three of those?
0: She doesn't seem to care about the game. Sure. Now at she's at been all. a
1: congressman or congresswoman for what ten minutes? Correct. Okay. Um, and the glare of a national spotlight. You know, she's not Ron DeSantis meaning that she could just sit back because she's governing every day. She's in the minority party in a house of representatives. People don't typically vote for Congress, people for president anyway, but we're in an atypical era. But I mean, she has to be out front all of the time in order to show that. And she's not even alone. I, I forgot her name. Who's the blonde gal that that is that already filed the impeachment uh, right. Uh, right. You know, articles From, against her? Yes. Okay, or against Biden, I should say. I said, hey, that's how we're doing it. Then day one, I'm doing it. Meaning that... What she's doing is not even unique now. She's she's just probably the most known Correct. figure. But there's like a cadre, a cachet. Matt Gates would be in the, this kind of a group. Like you could ask me about maybe him running. I would say I don't think Matt Gates and Ron DeSantis, two guys from Florida, it's going to be one or the other. You know. But there's a group of of people that are kind of in this viral populist MAGA conservative um, congressional. You know, section. I, I could see a candidate from that group emerging to become uh, a new hotness, kind of a candidate. I, I could see that. Whether it's her or not, I don't know, but I could see that being the an archetype, is is, is what you're describing. So, so now, now that we're done, and Daniel Horowitz, the prophet of woe and lamentation, will be joining us here shortly. Now that we're done, was it as painful as you were? as you were anticipating when I told you we were going to do this.
0: No, because I made up the questions, so I entertained myself. That's
1: why I had you do that. I thought if I made you make up the questions that it would be less painful and you'd Homes be more for invested. The poor. Thank yeah, you, yes, boss. Yes, yes. Thank you, sir. Yes, indeed. <laughs> All right, Daniel Horowitz is next with us. We'll go inside politics here on The Blaze. Stay tuned. We are efforting the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation. Daniel Horowitz uh, hopefully joining us here in his normal Wednesday spot in just a few minutes. But first... I I just got a notification and I would normally have clicked on this email right away, but I I just received a notification that Ben and Jerry's has a new flavor of ice cream. And you know, I, I know they're communists, but damn, they make some good ice cream. Okay. I've even entered my, my own flavor into the. Uh, pick our next flavor contest at Ben and Jerry's. I've done it. I did it like every year for years. I did not do it this year and I did not even click. I couldn't even tell you what the new flavor of Ben and Jerry's is because I don't have to get super chunky premium ice cream from communists anymore. Thanks to our friends at Brooker's founding flavors. All right. So if you have not tried this ice cream, the, the chocolate ice cream, it's the best chocolate ice cream I've ever had in my life. And folks, I think you can tell by looking at me. I've had some chocolate ice cream, okay? Um,
0: Take it from a man who tried to invent his own ice cream. Yes. Like you said, that wasn't just a bit. He did no, that. No,
1: I have, I, have, I have entered the Ben and Jerry's Pick a New Flavor contest many times over the years. The same flavor every time, all right? Blueberry Hill, I'll tell you about it sometime. He doesn't have any issues. <laughs> I never get, I've never never been chosen, okay? But um, this stuff is phenomenal. Uh, all of the flavors have a patriotic, historic, uh, pro-freedom, pro-America bent to them. So even the titles, you know, like your kids want some ice cream, you send him into the freezer, all right? And even the titles have are going to spark some kind of conversation. So what Ben and Jerry's have done is taken the brilliance of their ice cream, but then used it as a tool to market their beliefs, which is, they're communists. What Brooker's is doing is, is for uh, the founding ideals and values of the country. If you want to try it right now, and, and if you've, you've done it, Valentine's Day coming up, you've done the chocolates, the flowers, right? You've done that annual ritual. You want to do something different this time? Trust me, this the, the let-them-eat velvet cake flavor, I'm not even a huge velvet cake guy. You are now, though. I am now, though. I mean, it, everything I've tried, absolutely phenomenal. Okay? So, order in advance, have it delivered right on time. Go online, check them out today. Click on the Ship Nationwide tab. That's what you want, right? Ship Nationwide tab. It's Brooker's, just like it sounds, B-R-O-O-K-E-R-S brookersicecream.com click on the ship nationwide tab at brookersicecream.com I know I keep telling you guys I'm going to bring some from the house so you can try it well, I really don't want to give any yeah. of it away that's how much I like this yeah. stuff <laughs> that's what I was guessing you know what I'm going to do I'm going to take the flavor I don't I, I that I'm the least interested in and I'll bring that one in and let you guys have I that know <laughs> I know you will I know you will it's Hey, it's biblical, right? I'm giving you my the ice cream cleanings. gleanings, yes. You get, the, <laughs> you get the gleanings from my ice cream, right? I'm, I leave those for the poor,
0: right? He's trying to Jesus-juke on this thing. He's actually trying to- Did it to work?
1: To, did it work? No. Hey, now, I, hey, I let you fly first class with me, yes, you did. right? On the way down? Yes, I did. Because they offered me like a bargain basement upgrade. Otherwise, there's no way I would have paid for it, but- they offered me the bargain basement upgrade, and I bought you one. I didn't have to buy you one. I could have left you back there That's in the true. gen pop, but That's true. I let you sit up front with me, right? Yeah. So it's not all bad. Sometimes my gleanings are okay, right? I, I mean, I, I'm only here because of Glenn Beck's gleanings. I do the show after him. He helped. He pimped my nefarious plot, which got me a hey, movie. I, you, like I would literally be standing on a street corner holding a sign, we'll broadcast for food, if it weren't for Glenn Beck. So I'm living off of his gleanings. You can coast oh. off of mine.
0: I'm all about the coasting. The coattails are one of my fundamental rules of existence. America knows this by now, so I'm not really complaining, no.
1: All right, I'm concerned, because it looks like we're not going to have Daniel. Did he finally break? This is the first time ever he has not shown. And so that means one of three things. Um, A serious family issue. Daniel is finally broken. And news footage will emerge soon of a small but angry Jewish man on top of a water tower somewhere in suburban Baltimore. That's option two, correct? Uh, And then um, option three is that he just forgot. I gotta admit, it makes me a terrible
0: person, but I'm kinda of selfishly hoping it's number two. Oh, okay. I hope we get in like live from the top of a building like him chain smoking somewhere, pointing to rapture charts. It'd be outstanding. All right,
1: so there is a fourth option. I was just informed. He is having technical difficulties where he is at. So let let's go I I mentioned this earlier, and I've, I, I I I I'm assuming you guys all know what I mean when I say this, but I shouldn't assume. So let me I've talked. I've used phrases like swim lanes, right? Yeah. Okay. What I mean by that, just to put a bow on our presidential conversation, the first thing a candidate has to do when they run, and this is true of any office, by the way. This is true of any office. I'm sorry, Ron, I cannot hear you. Oh, he's not talking to me. Okay. This is true whether you want to run for school board. You got him? Okay, if you want to run for president. You have to establish a base. All right, I've got to establish a base of people. So I'm running for school board. Is it some families that I know will vote that are going to walk neighborhoods with me? I've got to establish a base. If I'm running in the GOP presidential primary field, I need a base of support. Like when you ask me about Tom Cotton, what's the basis for his candidacy if foreign policy doesn't matter, right? Okay. He can't form a base without that, right? The reason why you said Nikki Haley is ahead of the field is because we know she's going to have a base. The professional class is like all in for her. Well, everybody that Marco Rubio is not employing is all in for Nikki Haley, right? Okay. You've got to have a base. And if you can't find a base, that's why Scott Walker struggled. He tried to you can't run all either where you're like appealing to everybody. That doesn't work. You've got to establish a base first and then branch out your appeal from there. Scott Walker came in like, hey, I'm the nominee. Let me run a general election campaign day one and can never build a base. That's what happened with him. And so it sounded like a bunch of unprincipled consultant written pablum. You've got to develop your base. That's the first thing. And, this, and, and a candidate must know what base they are the most natural fit for. That's the first strategic decision a candidate must make. Like Nikki Haley can't come in here and say, you know what, man, I'm going to be the I'm I'm doing my opening speech at Liberty University like Ted Cruz. I'm running for the evangelical vote. Won't be successful. You know what I'm saying? Yes. You have to know. You have to establish a base, and then you have to identify as a candidate what is most likely going to be a, a successful base for you. All right, we've got Daniel with us now. Good to have you, brother. How are you? Hey, I'm doing all right. Great to be with you back in Dallas. There. We are. So here's what I want to do with you, my friend. Is I've talked already before you came on about 11 candidates that I am confident are either going to run for sure or are seriously being discussed, wooed to run. I'm going to go through this same list with you, and then I want you to give me like a, and I mean, very quick tweet sized, uh, a length of a tweet review of them as a candidate with no parameters. Shoot from the hip. What's Daniel Horowitz think today? All right, you ready to go? All right, in alphabetical order, let's 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 do these, okay? Um, let me find the list. Let's start with Tucker Carlson.
2: Tucker is the most natural successor to Trump and the Trump base because he speaks to the issues and he has the best platform. He's not a politician, he's not elected. One thing he will have to worry about is there is some baggage in his past that the media's gonna bring up and maybe it will bother some conservatives Tom Cotton Tom Cotton he would have had a sliver of hawkish MAGA people border Hawks but he threw that all away by totally dissing Trump at the end and opposing the decertification of the election so I just don't see where he gets his base from Ted Cruz Ted Cruz um you know I love Ted He's a friend of, of ours. I just think he's always a day late and a dollar short of what where the base is and what they want at the given moment. He's somehow always at a time, out of luck. And I just don't think his personality seems to resonate enough with people.
1: Ron DeSantis.
2: So Ron DeSantis is the guy who checks the most boxes on on, on paper. He is kind of like the Scott Walker of 2024 in terms of having the successes as governor, albeit in a real MAGA conservative way, not a technocratic way. Um, he it, He's Ivy League, he's an Ivy League guy that's a folksy, Trump-based type of guy. Um, I, you know, Big state like Florida, swing state, he's got it all. The one thing is, I just don't think he has it in him to even run, I don't know even know if he wants to run. I don't think he's enough of a dirtbag to run, and you got to have a little bit of D-bag in you to be president. Nikki Haley. Um, there aren't that many people that write for the National Review in this country. I mean, is 20, 30, 40. Uh, so maybe that's how many votes you'd get in a, in a caucus in Iowa. Josh Howley. So Josh is would be one of the few on your list also along with Tucker and, and Ron, that would be a serious contender. He is trying to speak to MAGA. Um, he does appeal, uh, appear to be aggressive. He obviously is going to have the scars to bear from the whole Trump fight. Um, he could be the guy and say, look, you know, they wanted to impeach me along with Trump. So I think he does have a lot going for him. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I don't know how much he likes to see things through. Christy Nome. So that, that that's a very interesting one. Um, she has the lockdown, anti-lockdown bona fides, the economic uh, prosperity of South Dakota. She's got the looks, the female appeal, um, which is the novelty that Republicans are always looking for. Um, the question with her is going to be, is it her anti-lockdown stance a paradigm shift from her previous establishment orientation, or is it a one-off? Because if it's a one-off, I see her kind of boxed in between the establishment and the MAGA people not having enough of a base. Mike Pence. Look, you know, before... January, I think he would have made an attempt to be the heir to Trump. Look, I was his VP and I was loyal to him. And that might have been enough for people to overlook the fact that he's really a male version of Nikki Haley. But now that he notoriously did what he did, he is in worse shape than Nikki Haley. So um, that's 40 people. So 30 people will vote for him. Mike Pompeo. So Mike Pompeo is another interesting one. Um, Mike Pompeo is really a male version of Nikki Haley for real. I mean, literally very strong in foreign policy, some ways that we like with Israel, but then also a little bit too Neo Connie on some other things. Um, you know, not a guy that's going to kick PC in the balls like people want to see. But surprisingly, of all those types, he really stuck with Trump till the bitter end, which almost tells me he does want to run for president. He does. So I think he will be a contender. But, Steve, those are not the issues people care about. Marco Rubio. So of the Nikki Haley wing of the party, he is the one who is most painstakingly trying to appeal to MAGA and reinvent himself as a populist. Uh, again, I don't, I don't see where the base is because just the opposite. I think he's ticking off the national review by pandering to us. But it's kind of like you know when Hillary Clinton went down to the South and put on a, uh, you know, a black yeah. southern drawl or something yeah. type of deal. It just there's nowhere for him to grab onto. All
1: right, one final candidate. Then I'm out of time, so make this one quick. Donald Trump.
2: There's no middle ground. Either he will be the nominee if he hasn't been destroyed by then, or he's destroyed and he won't run. If he runs, he will win at this point where we stand now. There is no way for him to run and
1: have a competitive primary. Good stuff, brother. Uh, all right. Sorry we got you on a little bit late, but better late than never, and I definitely wanted to get your take on these names. I know our audience wanted to hear them as well, so we'll, we'll do this again next week. Take care, all right? See you later.
2: Enjoy your trip. Take you care. Bet.
1: So Todd, I know you were listening to that. I want to get your thoughts on on what he had to say because there were he, he had no idea what we were talking about and there were some parallels there. We'll get to that here in just a second. But with everything going on these days, it's easy to get stressed out and that can wear down your immune system. That's why I recommend something like Field of Greens. Make sure you're giving your body everything it needs to stay healthy. It's packed with 18, that's right, 18 clinically researched essential fruits and vegetables, which is probably 17 and a half more than the average American gets in a given day, if we're being honest. All right, and, and that's like having a bunch of fresh fruits and vegetables in a jar. Uh, just take a scoop of this, mix it in with any water-based drink, put it together, and uh, you've got a boost for your immune system, metabolism, blood pressure, uh, digestion, because it has pre and probiotics as well. It's good for everyone old and young. So go to BrickHouseSteve.com and get 15% off your first order right now. Uh, when you use my name, Steve is the promo code at checkout. Uh, again, this is the easiest, fastest way to start eating a healthy lifestyle and uh, or drinking one, and it's available in multiple flavors as well. BrickHouseSteve.com, again, that's BrickHouseSteve.com, and use the promo code Steve to get that discount, 15% off of your first order. Promo code Steve at BrickHouseSteve.com. All right, Todd, you heard what Daniel had to say. Well, What would you think?
0: After listening to both of you regarding Nikki Haley, when, when he says – uh, Pompeo is basically a male. Nikki Haley said the same thing about another candidate, but that to me is the crux of the matter with Nikki Haley. Uh, the Republicans are whether it's her or Nikki or, or Christy Noem are going to very much going to be addicted to the notion of beating the Democrats to the punch and getting that first female president, especially with Kamala there. Waiting as vice president. I, I just think that's going to consume so much of how they think about things.
1: I think with the professional class, that's right. I also think Kamala Harris is going to end up being president. Um, but um, he was higher, what stuck out to me. Now, Daniel's like you. He hates this topic. So I'm kind of wondering, awful, of all the years we've had him on, this is the first time he's ever had a computer issue. And it was the week I asked him to come on huh. and talk about this topic. He hates it. Uh, He is like what we, he's like, I I need to make sure we are surviving for the next 90 days, let alone 2024. Okay. Um, So I had no idea. I mean, I know what he thinks of some of these people, because they've come up in conversation before. Um, I had no idea what he thought of Josh Howley. What stood out to me is he seemed very positive about his prospects. That's Kind of what stood out both
0: Guys walking around town with a can of gasoline.
1: That's, that, that's probably see some of his own reflection there. Yeah, indeed. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Back at it again tomorrow. Live here in Dallas. Thanks for tuning in. Until then, John three seventeen.